And welcome back to another edition of what I like to call From Nonsense to God Sense as we take a look at some of the issues that go on in this world through a biblical perspective and try to get some clarity and uh, maybe some reason even to some of the things that go on because oftentimes, as we've known from the year 2020, that the things in this world can be quite confusing and there could be a lot of chaos. And sometimes, as we are joined with uh, Dan Delzell, author of the Christian Post, pastor at a church in Papillion, Nebraska, Dan, a lot of times social media is a driving force behind a lot of the confusion, a lot of the uh, anger that we might feel, those emotions that get us all upset. And so uh, I thought that would be something that we can kind of talk about today is kind of mesh the two worlds of social media and what that does for us and what that does to us versus the social media that we read about and talk about in the Bible. Oh, yeah, great to be with you again. And, yeah, I think what a, what a timely topic, uh, what an important discussion to have, Son, because, uh, I mean, you and I know uh, how just how people are immersed in social media today and, and uh, you know, I mean, the person who's only getting their information from social media is, is really at risk of, of not uh, understanding many issues um, as, as they relate to uh, facts and truth and, and especially the Bible, uh, because as you and I know, I mean, there's so much on social media that seems to have an agenda that is, uh, is anything but a, a Christian agenda. Now, there is a documentary going around Netflix that's quite popular called The Social Dilemma, and it's about big tech, Google, um, Facebook, Instagram, and all those platforms and how it affects us. And for the most part, it was dealing with the negative effects. Now, there are also some positive effects of social media, but they were focusing on the negative effects, like the the addiction to it, the fact that, you know, because we don't get enough likes, it could affect our psyche and make us feel bad, and, and, and cyberbullying, although it didn't really touch too much on it, but, you know, it was kind of mentioned there. It was kind of like the unintended uh, negative effects of social media. And one of the comments that one of the uh, people made that was being interviewed was that, you know, fake news or false news spread six times faster on Twitter than the regular news, like the truth. And so, you know, a lot of people are sitting there and they believe things on social media. And you're in the Omaha area. And one of the things that come to mind most recently was the uh, the bar shooting there in in Omaha yeah. where you had uh you know two people involved it was James Scurlock and Jake Gardner and uh mm-hmm. maybe as we kind of get the conversation going cuz I think it's a good example where social media and people we see a lot of protesting a lot of rioting and a lot of the news and a lot of the information is being spread through social media and it's like hey show up here at this place this time we're going to riot picket protest come here right. and this is what we're going to do with these people you know show up here at this time and this is what we're going to do and so you know this i think was an example of something where social media did play a little bit into it because it forced yeah. the hands of the uh, district attorney i believe and that led to you know ultimately then not one but two deaths and there was a celebration of the suicide from one of the participants. Yeah. So if we get started, maybe because you're in the area, maybe more familiar with the story, maybe gives just a little insight as to uh, what happened there. Well, yeah, I tell you, son, um, it, it definitely uh, it definitely had a huge impact not only here uh, in Omaha, but uh, it really spread around the nation as as word got out of. Uh, of uh, just what had happened with this protest and um, with with this bar owner, and 
you know, it really was a, it really was a tragedy. Um, you know, James Skurlock, uh, was, was there, uh, outside the bar and, and, and there was a protest going on and, and, uh, uh, and he, um, you know, he was involved with, with, with some of that, you know, some of that protesting, but, but, uh, but Jay Gardner, um, there, uh, one of the, one of the bar owners, um, he ended up, uh, he ended up shooting him. Um, and that, you know, became a big point of contention on whether, you know, it was a self-defense or not. And, uh, uh, whether it was justified, I guess. Uh, and then ultimately with all the pressure on, uh, social media and on the district attorney, then they did end up, uh, actually indicting him. A grand jury indicted Jake Gardner, um, with all this playing out then in, uh, in social media. And then here, just within the past few days now, uh, we learned that, you know, Jay Gardner uh, took his own life, you know, out there in Portland. So you had the, uh, you know, the, the tragic death of, of James Scurlock, um, and, and uh, that, that did not need to happen. Uh, and now the suicide of, uh, of Jay Gardner. So it's just really been uh, a tragedy all the way around. And, and as you say, son, uh, it was really fueled uh, in, in social media and, and people were, you know, taking sides as they have on, you know, so many of these other, uh, instances where, um, you know, someone has been, uh, someone has been killed, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, George Floyd or, um, one of the many other cases. And so, uh, as the emotions have been ramped up, uh, as racial tensions seem to be, um, exasperated many times, you know, by this, um, and good granted, I mean, there are, uh, wherever there are, uh, grievances, wherever there are, um, you know, prejudicial things, wherever there are people taking advantage of someone else because of their race. I mean, that has to be, uh, corrected and people have to be held accountable. Um, what we're seeing, I think though, is that, you know, social media is just inflaming it. And, and, you know, a couple of people that come to mind who I know went to social media in anger when they saw, um, what was going on in the black community and has been, you know, for a long time, you know, Ice Cube and now more recently, you know, LeBron James. I mean, all sorts of celebrities start jumping in. And, um, you know, this this seems to then give um, almost fuel to the fire uh, when when celebrities then start, um, you know, putting their voice behind uh, protesting and when they start maybe making some comments that would suggest that, you know, we, we need to, we need to put an end to this. Um, well, everybody knows we need to put an end to it, but, um, social media, uh, seems to inflame the passions even more. And I don't know that we really, you know, going to have an answer for that. And I mean, other than just on an individual basis, really watching, you know, how much of that we consume ourselves, because there seems to be an insatiable appetite, uh, you know, out there. And as you say, if it's fake news, it make it, six times as much uh, interest. There are always going to be people who are going to, um, who are going to take that bait, you know, uh, sometimes they call it, you know, clickbait, um, just to get people to, to respond to something. But I think we've seen in, with like the Jake Gardner uh, and, uh, and Skurlock situation um, and, and some of these others, I, I think we're seeing how social media is, is just adding many times fuel to the fire. And, uh, and so, like you say, sadly, we have both of those men now who are dead. And, uh, you know, if this whole thing hadn't started down that path, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, they would both be alive today. But uh, that's the world we live in today. Yeah, the power of social media is, uh, I don't think people, I think it's underestimated. There was a, 
kind of another documentary that came out in the early months of 2019. I want to play just a quick snippet of it. It was a documentary that followed three young people. One was just kind of a girl from the Midwest who ended up having a cyberbully against her, tried to commit suicide. Fortunately, she survived and was able to tell her story. Another one was about another young girl who was like one of those good-looking girls that wanted to use social media to advance her career in fashion and beauty, and it actually worked out good for her. And then the third was a young guy from New York City who was like an extreme tagger. And so he would like break into places to tag and then take pictures. And then it became extreme tagging where, you know, you go to like, uh, hanging from the tops of, of buildings and those cranes that you see at the top of buildings and take pictures. And it became to the point where he needed to stop because either A, he was going to jail for, you know, trespassing and other crimes or B, he was probably going to die from an accident. And so it was three kind of different perspectives from three different types of people on what social media was. But the number one thing that they all had in common is this right here. How often do I look at it? Probably every hour. 14 times a day. I mean, sometimes I even have to put an alarm for myself. There have been times where I thought, maybe I should delete my Instagram, you know, just because I don't really want to deal with it. But then I think, what would I do with my life? The common thread, Dan, obsession. People are obsessed and it's a compulsive behavior and they can't do away with it. Like she said, she wanted to get rid of it. But yep. she wouldn't know what to do. Yes. Yeah. No. That that that's right, son. Uh, obsession, uh, addiction, um, just a very unhealthy um, craving to have to have that, or, or at least to feel like you have to have it. And and so um, we 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 see people today who whose lives are controlled by that. Um, many of us, uh, to one extent or other, I'm sure, are are more. Um, involved with it, then, then we really need to be checking it more often. Um, you know, uh, and, and it just, it, it just starts to, to fill our minds with, uh, you know, all the information that, that the world is putting out there in social media, but, but how much of that time would we be better off, you know, filling our mind with, with scripture, with the word of God, you know, if we don't guard our hearts, which is what the Bible says in Proverbs four twenty three, above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. And so, Son, every one of us gets to be the gatekeeper for our own internal, uh, you could call it computer screen, you know, our own internal computer screen, you know, because it doesn't really get seen on the internal computer screen until we look at it on our phone or, or, or on, um, you know, our laptop. You know, in, in order for it to come in there, we have to either imagine it or, or see it and read about it. And, and so we get to be the gatekeeper of, of what we're going to play on that screen, what, what messages, what images, um, what content, uh, you know, what, what movies are playing today, you know, on, your, on the screen, your internal screen. Um, and, and, you know, here, here's what Christians have found over the, over the centuries, Don, and that is that when you fill your mind with the pure things of the Bible, uh, the, the purity of the Word of God. You know, all Scripture is God-breathed. So whether it be uh, Old Testament, New Testament, you know, we need all of it. We, we need to feed on the Word. Um, you know, the prophet Jeremiah said, when your words came, I ate them. Uh, they were my joy and my heart's delight. But as we just heard in that, in that quote there uh, from, from that, that young lady, you know, she was basically admitting that, you know, this is, this is the, the food I crave. This is 
I have to have this. I don't know how I would live without this. But, you know, I, I wrote a couple articles here in the past uh, two or three years, Son. One of them was uh, eat until you were hungry. The other was drink until you were thirsty. Uh, we, we've touched on them uh, over the years in our, in our visits together. But, but basically, it's the opposite of what happens with our physical hunger and thirst, which is, you know, if you're physically hungry, you're going to eat until you're full many times, or at least, you know, enough to, you know, get, get your stomach somewhat full. And then um, you're going to drink until your thirst is quenched. Well, in the spiritual realm, um, many times it's just the opposite. Um, we might be going through a period in our life or a day, let's say, where we're experiencing very little spiritual thirst for the things of God, very little spiritual hunger. Uh, well, um, then the best thing you can do is you can start to eat the Word of God until you get hungry until that spiritual health and vitality and interest returns, which it will with, with feeding on the word, getting it back into your mind, getting it into your soul, getting it into your heart. And, 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 and that spiritual thirst the Holy spirit, which he creates within us as we drink, as we drink of God's living water, uh, as we pray to the Lord and ask him to fill us as we, um, you know, again, meditate upon the word of God. So uh, we, we just sometimes have to make that decision. Uh, to eat until we're hungry, to drink until we're thirsty. And then, of course, son, then it gets a little bit easier because um, then we can get into that, that zone. You know, they like to say in athletics, you can get in the zone. And we've all seen players, when they're in the zone, I mean, they can't miss a shot. Uh, they, they can't, um, you know, seem to have, uh, you know, anything go wrong for them when they're in the zone. And, and when we as Christians get in the zone, then we're really craving the word. We, we are desiring prayer. It, it just flows. It's so easy then when you're in that spiritual zone. So um, that's a much different zone, though, than, than the social media zone, uh, where it's like you, you have to have that. You have to see that. You have to turn to that. Um, you know, it, the, 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 the zone that God can, can place us in uh, revolves around the truth of Scripture, um, around our relationship with the Lord, and, and this is a very healthy place to be. And of course, this is, you know, part of what it means to be, you know, a follower of Jesus Christ and, and to set our minds on things that are above, uh, not on earthly things, as, as we're told in Colossians. Yeah, Dan, you mentioned, uh, control and the contrast. You know, they talked about their obsession with social media and how often they have to be on there. But here's, here's one other clip that I'd like to play because it gives the, the truth from their perspective of what that obsession became with. And then I want to correlate it to something else that you said. So here was their, their response to the power of social media. I think I gave the people behind the social media too much power. Cause I mean, that's what Instagram's all about how many likes you get and that literally controls the power of your picture you know she mentions how many likes you get it's that self-worth that self-value you mentioned earlier about uh you know the george floyd and then what happened with james scurlock and jake gardner and people's you know perception of how we should have race relations people's perception like the girl just said of how we value how ourselves are what we look like our likes determine our value but you know it's interesting because a lot of people will look to social media reddit and other things to try to find the information that they're seeking they'll obsess about it become compulsive about it and this is where the 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 vision between looking at things through the world versus looking at things through scripture all the answers that you're not seeking or that you're not finding as you seek through social media, you can find them in the Bible. It talks about how to treat other people 
We don't need to have, you know, all these social uh, activists telling us how to do it. If we just read the Bible, we would be able to know how to treat other people. If we want to know our self-worth and our self-value, we can go to the Bible and we can read that. And if we became obsessed to the point where we looked to the Bible more than we looked to social media and we gave the power instead of to the people behind the screen, but we gave the power over our lives to God, the world would be completely different. Each individual would be completely different and transformed, and we would see different results than what we're seeing today. Oh, we would see very different results, Son. You know, I think of, of the scripture passage that says, um, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts, you know, for nothing. Um, and, you know, the flesh, our, our, our nature, our sinful nature, especially, um, it, it can't, it can't feed our soul. Uh, the desires of the world cannot feed our soul. That's why the Bible says, do not love the world or anything in the world. You know, uh, for everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he hasn't does comes not from the father, but from the world. And so much of, you know, Instagram and so much of social media is about the boasting of what man does. I mean, either it's this, this just perfect picture of, of, of this, you know, beautiful woman or this, you know, handsome man or this, this, this perfect body that, you know, has, has, um, you know, worked itself into such perfect condition, but it's all the glorification of, of man, uh, the glorification of physical beauty, uh, that, and, and really, um, at, at the great expense of real beauty, um, true beauty, uh, which is what what's on the inside of a person. I mean, we've all known cases of, of people who might, might might be just among the most beautiful in the world, but but they don't treat others with kindness. They don't, you know, they're they're very, uh, you know, arrogant. They're, you know, um, and 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 so, you know, those things are celebrated on social media. Um, the the visual, the the beauty, uh, the success, the numbers. Um, you know, who has the most what? Who has the biggest? yacht or you know the, the most possessions or the most money or or you know who has the most likes on on uh, you know one of their posts and, and and so all of this has to do with with worldly worldly success and and you know it has nothing to do with with what the lord is looking at i mean you know in the bible it says the lord does not look at the things man looks at man looks at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart and that's one thing, son, that, that we don't see um, when we look at somebody's Instagram or we look at their uh, Twitter account or, or, or we look at, you know, virtually anything on social media. You don't see somebody's heart. Um, I, you know, sometimes you, you get a sense of their heart if there's something that they're posting about, you know, something compassionate that they're doing. But, but for the most part, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get down that deep. And so the Lord's not looking at that. He's looking at, at, at each one of us. He's looking at our heart. Um, you know, the Bible says we're to love the Lord our, our God with all of our heart, soul, uh, mind, and strength. And it's kind of hard to do that, son, if, if, if we're loving social media. And by loving it, I mean, we're, we're, we're giving it our worship. We're giving it our attention. We're giving it all of our focus, all of our time, all of our obsession. You know, uh, whatever you love, you will obsess over. Um, you know, and, and, and so, uh, it's possible. Uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to obsess over Jesus. In other words, think about him. You, you start to think about him all the time. And what would he have me do? And look what he did for me. And, and, and what does it mean that my sins are forgiven now because of his sacrifice on the cross? And, 
and, and how has he called me and gifted me to, to help serve others and reach others. So, you know, the social media world is, is a very anthropocentric, uh, uh, focus, man-centered, man-centered. Uh, and, uh, you know, anthropocentric is, is all about man, but, but Christocentric is, is a focus on Christ. And that's what the Bible gives us. And, and that's what the Lord, uh, wants for his children, um, to, uh, to really fix our eyes on Jesus and, and not to just, you know, obsess and be addicted with social media. You know, one of the common underlining themes, Dan, when we look at the experts, when we talk about addiction, when we talk about mental health issues, when we talk about, you know, things of that nature here on earth, one of the basic underlining conclusions is that, you know, excessive social media. Now, there's a key between social media and excessive social media. I like to use social media, for example, to promote what we do here. And so I think that's a good thing. But excessive social media, the underlining, um, result or the consensus i guess you can say was basically it doesn't only cause unhappiness but it also has like a general dissatisfaction uh with life like people that are obsessed with social media and have it excessively they're usually unhappy and they have a general dissatisfaction in life because they're not getting what they want they're not getting the thousand likes let's say that they might want and then it also increases you know a developing uh, mental health issues such as anxiety depression um i mentioned the social dilemma uh netflix uh thing documentary and there was a small uh snippet where one of the girls a young girl was posting a picture and she was getting all these accolades and then someone mentioned something about big ears and so now she's obsessed with her ears and so you know when you look at these things here it's it's a negative thing you know you're getting a negative result but anytime you go to the bible you know i can't imagine unless you just are convinced that you know you don't want your sins to be exposed and so therefore you're going to reject it but nobody at no time do you go to the bible and get these negative feelings nowhere do you go read the bible do you create anxiety do you create depression do you create these things from reading the bible more times than not you're going to get relief from those things because of the because of what you read and because it puts our perspective kind of back where it should be god and jesus will always have our best interest. They will always be there for us. They will always like us regardless of how many pictures and likes and stuff other people will post from us. They will always care for us. They will always love us. And since they made us, God made us, it doesn't matter what our ears look like or what our nose looks like or what our face looks like because he created us and loves us just as we are and wants us to come to him and seek him as opposed to seeking approval from everybody else through social media. And that right there, son, is, is really the huge difference, as I see it, between, um, you know, what what the world points people toward with its humanist agenda, uh, and really its religion of self-esteem. Um, you know, when you hear maybe someone like Oprah or others really pushing self-esteem, um, you know, it, it sounds like it can be very helpful to people. But, but when you really um, look behind the curtain a little bit, um, what you find is this, the, uh, the God of self-esteem, the pursuit of self-esteem, uh, is, is a doomed pursuit be- because it gives you no defense against criticism, no defense against, you know, coming in second or fourth or one hundredth in terms of your score or your grades or your looks or, or your house in the neighborhood, your vehicles, how they match up, you know, um, 
self esteem um, can do nothing to to curb those uh, ugly feelings that it ultimately brings uh, because uh, all all self esteem can do is is point you to to try to chase after those things that make you feel good about yourself and and like I say uh, that will only last as long as nobody's criticizing you as long as you're not going through some you know really uh, you know earth shaking problem. Um, but, but when, when the bottom falls out or when your loved one or friend, you know, uh, betrays you, um, self-esteem has nothing to help you through that. Um, it, it, it cannot comfort your heart. It cannot give you love. It cannot, it has no supernatural power. And, and this is where the love of God is, is, is a million times greater than self-esteem and why Christianity, rather than producing or promoting self-esteem, uh, what Christianity does is, uh, Christianity um, points people to to Christ and, and to find their worth in Him, and, and to see that uh, you know Jesus says this is how important you are. This is how wor- you know how much you're worth. That, that Christ was willing to uh, to go to the cross and to shed His blood uh, for you on the cross, and He loves you, you know, for who you are. And 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 self esteem uh, is such a different um, it's such a different religion. Than, than, than Christianity, but social media fits beautifully with self-esteem uh, and, and with a humanist agenda because it makes it all about you, and it allows those very few people who are among the best-looking or the most successful, who have the most, or, or who can get the most likes, you know, um, it, it allows them to succeed, and almost like that prosperity preacher who is driving around a Rolls Royce, living off of the, uh, you know, $20 uh, you know, offerings of, of, of tens of thousands of people, uh, and yet they're, they're, they're being given a pipe dream. They're being told, if you have enough faith, you can be like me. And so it fuels many times the adherence of this prosperity message uh, because they feel like, well, you know, if this guy up in front lives in a multi-million dollar mansion and has his own private jet uh, and, and his own yacht, and he says, if you have enough faith, God wants to do that in your life too, um, it's a very dangerous, um, uh, unbiblical message and teaching, but p- people chase it because just like those who might slit, uh, sit down in front of a, a slot machine for hours uh, and then days and months uh, or, or give all their money to lottery tickets, let's say, uh, with the hope of, of striking it big, I think many people on social media, it's always that, that the chase on for that, for that next hit and maybe for the big one, you know. I, I may have that. I may have that post that goes viral, or or maybe I can you know start to make myself look like this person on the Instagram post. Even if I have to do you know plastic surgery to get there, and I can I can keep doing this, keep working out my body, and I may not be there yet. But my goodness, look at how popular this person is, and so that's my standard, and and that's that's what drives people. Then sadly, because you know you 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 never really reach that goal. Whereas in Christianity. You know, what we're told is that um, even though we fall short of the mark, we're accepted because of what Jesus did for us. And, and rather than um, leading people to chase after self-esteem, what did the Apostle Paul say? Um, after he, uh, you know, became a Christian, he said, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I myself who live, but it is Christ living in me. And, and this is the key difference between the, the social media, self-esteem, humanistic, uh, anthropocentric gospel of the world. I don't even, I hate to use the word gospel, but you know what I mean. And, and then the true gospel, 
You know, that's the difference between the prosperity gospel and the true gospel. It's the difference between the, uh, the so-called gospel of the cult um, uh, and the true gospel. Uh, the true gospel comes and says, yes, you're a sinner, but you're forgiven. You don't have to strive. You don't have to work. You don't have to, I mean, you will work for the Lord, but you don't have to work to be forgiven. In fact, you could never do enough to be forgiven. So the, the world comes to man and says, you have to be perfect. You have to do this. You have to jump through all these hoops. And if you do, then you can, you can maybe have what you see on that Instagram post. Well, you're never going to get it, uh, most likely. But even if you do, it won't satisfy. Your soul will still be empty until you meet Christ. So we, we've got the best, uh, the best message on, the one that people need the most. And um, now we have a, a challenge of just introducing people to Jesus and helping to wean them off of, you know, this, this addiction, uh, maybe to social media, to self-esteem, to, um, you know, chasing after what, what, what they've been told will make them happy. And the Lord says, well, I have a much deeper goal in mind. Uh, I want to bring you forgiveness. I want to give you joy, um, not only today, but tomorrow and forever. And, and I'll just say this, Don, um, you know, in Psalm 1611, you know, the psalmist said, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And I don't care what they post on social media today. Um, apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, there will be no eternal pleasures for anyone no matter how many likes they may get on their on their post. So we've got the, the best message. Um, God's given it to the world, and, and whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Uh, you know, Dan, um, I'm active on social media, and so I get geeked when I get a post that gets a lot of response. And sometimes when it doesn't get a big response, I'm like, oh, that sucks. But it doesn't define who I am. It doesn't define my worth, my worth or my value or anything like that. I just kind of take it in stride. But, um, but I can understand people, how they get vested in the responses that they get and how it might make them feel. Sure. You know, it started out, I guess, back in the day, old school. We were keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I guess we were moved from the Joneses to the Kardashians. We got to keep up with them. Yeah. And now we got to yeah. keep up with everything on social media. And, um, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's, and it's, and it's an, it's an impossible ever changing thing to try to keep up with. It's like this amoeba that is always evolving. But the one thing that doesn't change is the rock of salvation. You know, Jesus, the cornerstone right. is the rock right. that we're supposed to build upon. And when we do yeah. that, we know exactly what we're going to get. We know exactly yeah. how it's going to work out. We know exactly yeah. everything that we need to. There is no secret. There is no changing. There is no amoeba with Jesus. There is no amoeba with God. We know he died on the cross mm-hmm. to save us from our sins. We know that he wants us to accept him, to come to heaven. We know it's our choice in reality. You know, he gives us a choice to do that. We either decide to follow him or we don't. And then, yeah. so when we compare the two, and again, not to say social media is all bad because there are some good sure. things that come with it. But when you compare the two and you look at it, the amount of time that we invest in social media that does have a negative side effect when you talk mm-hmm. to the experts and you listen to people versus the mm-hmm. time we spend in the Bible, church, you know, God, which right. outside of not believing in him doesn't have any negative side effects. You know, it's right. interesting how we put our things in the things of this world and not in the things of God. Well, we, we do it all the time, Son, and, and, you know, I think Americans are especially uh, susceptible to being overly preoccupied with numbers. Uh, we, we see that 
in, in many examples, I think, in our society. Now, not that there aren't people around the world who face the same challenge, but I think we, we see it here big time uh, in terms of, uh, of an obsession with numbers. And I was thinking as we're, as we're talking here, Son, you know, just imagine, for example, if, if uh, some of these posts on, on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, you know, just think if, if it did not reveal how many people, you know, liked it, for example. Um, maybe then there would be more focus on the content and on the message. Um, but, but so much of it seems to just get, get turned toward, well, you know, how many, how many, you know, likes did it get? And, and I think in a similar way, there's a danger, uh, that, that uh, people can, can assume that, well, you know, the churches have the most people attending. That, that's success. You know, that's success. Well, um, you know, it depends on what the message is. It, it depends on whether or not, you know, disciples are being made for Christ, you know, whether it's a, a relatively, you know, small congregation or a, or a large congregation, you know, if the, if the message is wrong, if the doctrine is wrong, if it's false doctrine, then, you know, in the kingdom of God, it, it, it's not, it's not accomplishing anything good. It's not, 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 if it's not winning people to Christ and then, you know, making disciples. So, so it's a faulty line of thinking to assume that just because you have more numbers, um, you know, just, just like the quote you gave a little while ago about maybe six times as, as, as many people will, will like uh, something that's maybe an example of fake news. Uh, well, why are they liking it? Well, obviously not because it's true, although many of them may assume it's true or think it's true. Uh, and, and, and so what we really want to try to steer people toward is, is not numbers, but, but truth. Because truth is what feeds the soul. Truth is what feeds the mind. Uh, healthy, uh, you know, healthy messages and, and strengthening messages and grace-filled messages and spirit-filled messages. Um, whereas numbers, you know, many times all numbers can do, if you're the one with the numbers, then it's going to fill you with pride, perhaps. Um, if you're the one that doesn't have the numbers, well, maybe with despair, you know. And, and, and yet the Lord... Uh, in the midst of all of it wants to be our focus. And, and, and if a number is somehow more of a, of a, of a interest in our hearts than the Lord, then we need to really rethink that, pray about that and ask for stuff. You know, why, why did God create me in the first place? Why am I here on earth? Is it so I can obsess over numbers? So I can obsess over social media? So I can, you know, um, worry about self-esteem? Or is it so that I can discover my true purpose, my true identity in Christ? My true future, uh, my, 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 my true worth, uh, which is shown to me by the death that my Savior died on the cross, uh, in, in, in place, uh, in my place, and for my, for my salvation. So, uh, once we get there, son, by the grace of God, then, then we're on the path that's going to help to take us away from that destructive, um, really deceitful path of self-esteem, where it's all about me, it's all about my worth, my feelings, you know, how I, how I feel, how I look in a certain situation, what other people think of me. You know, it's always amazing to me, Simon, when I hear, you know, maybe it's like a former president of the United States, you know, talking about, you know, his legacy, for example. And, and I think to myself, you know, who cares about your legacy? I mean, you know, all that's going to matter is you're going to stand before God one day and you're going to be accountable to the Lord. And, and it's not going to matter what people said about you or what, what good things you may have done, you know, what, what, what terrible things you may have done. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, did you, did you repent of your sin? Did you trust Christ? Um, are you accepted by him? 
and, and no one in the ground today, son, no one whose soul has gone on to heaven or hell, which are the only two destinations the soul can go. Uh, you know, Jesus made that very clear. Um, no one whose body is in the ground and whose soul is right now residing in heaven or hell, nobody in those places, son, is worried about their, their legacy, I assure you. Uh, those in heaven are, are just so caught up with the ecstasy that they're experiencing, uh, and those in hell are, are, are so tormented by, by their, their pain that, you know, legacy means nothing, nothing uh, on the other side of the grave. And so why people obsess about it now? Well, I guess for the same reason people obsess about social media uh, today, um, we're all prone to obsessing over things that in the end really don't matter, really won't draw us closer to the Lord. And if we're not careful, might even cost us our soul. Uh, if we give that our worship, our time, our attention, our focus, rather than um, giving our heart to the Lord, surrendering our lives to him, receiving the free gift of eternal life, and on the front end of a relationship with God, being saved, forgiven, born again, redeemed, justified. These are all words the Bible talks about. Uh, when you're converted, that happens. You're given the goods, and then you're on the path of discipleship, which isn't easy. You know, it's easy to, to be saved not easy to live the Christian life. It's easy to be forgiven. It's not easy uh, to face persecution or um, to go through hardships, but God will go with you, my friend. Uh, the question is, um, is Jesus today, is he going to be your savior, your Lord, your leader, your focus, or is it going to be people you see on social media? Are those your, your real heroes? Are those your, your, is that where your real aspirations lie? Is that what you want? Because the real you, my friend, is who you want to be. So you get to decide in this moment and in the moments that follow, as many moments as God gives you until he turns off your oxygen tank, you get to decide who you want to be, who you're going to worship, where your identity is going to be found, and whether it's going to be chasing after self-esteem or resting in what Christ has done for you. And I assure you that resting in Christ is the path to peace, eternal life, and joy uh, today, tomorrow, and forever. You know, Dan, just a couple months ago, people were, I don't think, uh, mem- uh, remembering the uh, the passing of Chester Bennington. He was the lead singer of Lincoln Park. And I remember Lincoln Park, the first time I heard them, I was actually in Lincoln, Nebraska. I was down by the Devaney Center, and I was um, covering the state basketball tournament, and Lincoln Park came on. I thought it was kind of funny that I was in Lincoln listening to Lincoln Park, although it's spelled differently. And um, but, but so there was the... Uh, the uh, suicide, he committed suicide um, back in 2017, so it was three years. And then in August, toward the end of August here, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a guy by the name of Ronnie McNutt that took his own life on Facebook Live that was witnessed by you know many people. And then that then turned into all kinds of stuff. There was people that were, were, were sad about it. There were people that were, you know, thought it was fake. There were people that, you know, started to take it and, uh, repost it to other places and then try to expose other people to it. And it even got to TikTok where it started out with a cat video, for example, something innocuous, and then it would automatically change to the suicide and it was catching people off guard and it was you mm. know, traumatizing them and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, so the, the point, the two, two points to this is one, you know, there are people out there that intentionally do toxic things to disturb people, but then two most, and so we have to be careful of that. But then, too, most importantly, is the fact, like you've been talking about, you know, we see people take their lives. We hear about people take their lives. You mentioned, you know, God um, is going to turn off our oxygen tanks. 
For a lot of us, we hope that's, you know, many years down the road, but we don't know. You know, we've lived in COVID and COVID took a lot of lives that we thought would probably last for a long time, but the lives were Mm -hmm. cut short. We look at people like Chester Bennington or like Ronnie McNutt or other people that have taken their own lives, you know, and and they cut their lives short, you know. And so it's like there's this, obviously, this. the point is there is death that is coming. And like you said, what is it that we're going to do? to get into heaven? What are we going to do for the afterlife? Because once we exit this life, we enter in all eternity. And what's that going to be like for a lot of us? You know, and, and I know that you've touched on it, but it's interesting because we've, uh, it's a question that pops up all the time. You know, it's like, what if you die today? I remember when my friend Chris, back when we were 17, 18, you know, he died in a car crash. And I remember we were doing a baccalaureate at church and one of the, uh, the plays was a play that involved in a car crash. And then I was able to, you know, kind of give a, 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 a talk about the whole thing because of that experience. And that was the main yeah. question. You know, if you were to die today, what's going to happen to you? If you were going to die yeah. today, is God going to look at your likes and your social media and say, okay, look at son. I looked at your social media. Ooh, you've got a lot of support. You've got a lot of likes. Let's get you into heaven because, right. you know, I need you to post some Instagram posts of heaven so that that way we can promote heaven to the people that are still on earth. Or is he going to yeah. be like, you know what? Did you believe in me? Did you trust me? Did you follow me? You know, like literally follow me, not like on social right. media, follow me, but literally follow me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you did, okay, that's why I'm going to let you in. Because nothing we can do here on earth is going to get us into heaven except believe. And so when the question is, why should I, Jesus speaking or God speaking, why should I let you into heaven? A real yeah. only response is, you know, well, I don't deserve it, but, you know, Amen. I believed and I'm at your mercy for you to let me in. Um and, and, and that's, that's kind of the, the difference that, you know, if we can get from, yes. you know, social media and that to focusing our emphasis on God and that, and remember yeah. all eternity yeah. is still awaiting yeah. us, then, you know, maybe yeah. we don't have like the, the people earlier said in those quotes. Maybe we don't have the obsession of having to be on it all the time. Maybe we don't put right. our value in social media and give the people on the other end of the screen that control. And instead we turn that yeah. all over to God. Yeah, that that's such a great point, Son. And and I do believe that that question is 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 really just about the best question that a person can ask himself or herself, or that we could ask uh, other people um, in, in terms of really helping a person to self-diagnose their spiritual uh, condition. You know, uh, there's a passage in the Bible that says, "Test yourself to see whether you are in the faith." Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? Now, if you and I go to the doctor, son, I mean, they're going to they're going to check our blood pressure. Um, They're going to perhaps check, you know, other vitals. But but if a person wants to check their spiritual blood pressure, then answer that question, if you would, that that son just posed. And that is if you were to die today and, and God asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you tell him? And I encourage you, my friend, to think about that a moment, um, be, be, because, you know, um, a majority of Americans point to their, their best efforts, uh, maybe living according to the golden rule, maybe trying to live a moral life, trying to love their neighbor, uh, doing religious deeds, uh, good works. Um, I mean, surprisingly, even people in many churches um, were, were, were finding, uh, you know, give the same sort of answer. A recent study showed that maybe as many as 44% of Pentecostals and 41% of, 
of, of certain evangelicals in, in evangelical churches. I remember seeing a study years ago of 5,000 people from Lutheran churches, and half of them, when asked what was the hope for their hope for heaven, half of them pointed to their works as the basis of their hope. And, and I'll tell you what, son, um, all of those answers that point to what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do to get to heaven, what that reveals is that that individual doesn't seem to have any blood pressure, not just um, low blood pressure, but no blood pressure. Because rather than resting in, in the cross where Jesus died, rather than resting in the blood that he shed, they seem to be striving to try to make themselves acceptable by their own righteousness. And the clear message of the Bible is that there is a righteousness from God which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and, and so if I'm asked that question, Son, and I'm asked, Dan, you know, why should I let you into heaven? You know, I'd say something like, well, Lord, I, I don't deserve to get in. I'm a sinner just like everyone. But, but Lord, I, I'm trusting that Jesus shed his blood for my sins, that he died in my place. And so my hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And, and, and that, my friend, can be your faith today if it's not already. And, and the way that you'll know that you've accepted Christ is, is that you'll point to the cross when you consider that question. And then um, the, the, the goodness of Christ will begin to live in you and through you. And there will be good works, and there will be a good heart, and there will be love for others, and there will be good motives. Um, you won't be perfect, but, but, but you'll be a new creation um, once you repent and believe the good news if you've not done that already. And, and, you know, one other thing, Son, I was just going to say about that tragic, you know, suicide on Facebook is I suppose that maybe is just an example of, of a perfect storm of a convergence of all of these things we're talking about coming together. I mean, not just taking your own life, but actually doing it there on social media. Um, it really, it really, I think, gives us a very tragic picture of, of what the, the, uh, the gospel of self-esteem and humanism and a worship of social media, it leads people to despair. It leads people to depression. It, it, you know, and, and ultimately, son, we know that there is a spiritual being who is working behind the scenes to try to steer people that way. Just like God is a spiritual being, God is omnipresent. Uh, God is everywhere. But there, he is three persons in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But there is a created angel who is a fallen angel. Uh, he is Lucifer, you know, Satan is in one place at one time, but he has other angels working with him. The Bible calls these demons. And the Bible says the thief, referring to the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy. So we know, Son, that there are many people who are being spurred on by the devil. Uh, he's whispering in their ear, trying to steer them in the direction of suicide, steer them in the direction of doing something harmful to, if not themselves, maybe to other people. And, and just like I was reading today, uh, about a book by a uh, senior tech reporter, um, Alam Bakari. I hadn't heard of this book, but it's called Hashtag uh, Deleted, in capital letters, Big Tech's Battle to Erase the Trump Movement and Steal the Election. Well, they, they point out how, you know, many of those executives at Google, Facebook, Twitter, and other tech companies, they, they have a political agenda. And, and, you know, people are entitled, you know, to have their own political views. Um, but, but what this book does is, is it points out uh, what they're doing behind the scenes to try to steer social media uh, in the direction of, of their political agenda and by, you know, limiting, uh, you know, for example, the number of conservative 
um, videos here or there or this or that. Well, that, that's that's going on in the world. That's having an impact in the world, son. So if, if if man can have that kind of an impact with something like social media, what can a supernatural being like Satan, a fallen angel, what kind of impact can he have upon a soul as he works behind the scenes to manipulate people, to try to manipulate their emotions, to manipulate um, you know, their feelings, to try to manipulate what's going on in their life. Ultimately, Satan wants people to destroy themselves and others. Ultimately, Satan wants people to come to hell. Um, Satan's doom is set. You know, in Revelation 2010, it says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So Jesus defeated Satan on the cross. Jesus rose again for our resurrection one day. He died for our sins. He is our savior. Satan has no opportunity to, you know, to get in on that. And so he's angry. And for some reason, um, the Lord is still allowing him to have some measure of, of, uh, uh, of influence. You know, he has not yet been thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. And, and so I, I just think that a, a, a suicide on Facebook son, is just a tragic convergence of a perfect storm of all of these things coming together. That's ultimately where it, 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 it leads, but it doesn't end there, son. It doesn't end because suicide does not obliterate the soul. No one's soul is annihilated. Um, and, and, and so if a person who does not know Christ uh, commits suicide, um, then they're never going to have an opportunity to repent and believe the good news. Um, now they're lost. They've taken their last breath, and, and now they're eternal uh, fate is, is set. Their, their eternal place of residence is, is never going to be changed. And, and these, these matters, son, are, they're a million times more important than how many Facebook likes a person might get or, or, you know, social media. We're talking about eternity here. So the Bible takes things to a level, son, that if you're just living in the world, if you're just living for self-esteem and Facebook likes, you really have no idea what what the big picture is, and God loves you, and He's trying to use you know people to reach you. But if you're not walking in the reality of that eternity, and we often talk about that on these podcasts, on if you're not walking in the reality of heaven and hell, walking in the reality of eternity, uh, you know, if you have not yet turned to Christ and secured your reservation in heaven, then my friend, you don't know what dangerous ground you're on. And today is the day of salvation, and so please. Um, don't don't let this day slip by without giving your life to Christ, trusting Him as your Savior, um, believing that His blood was shed for your sins, and, and and that is the only way. Because Jesus said, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me." And, and I just so appreciate, Son, you know, your focus and your ministry here with your podcast. It, it's ultimately whatever you're talking about, whether it be you know today, you know, social media, whether it be one of the many other topics that you've covered. Um, you always bring people back to that point, and I so appreciate that because, you know, as you and I know, at the end of the day, what else What else really matters? Yeah, exactly. What else matters outside of what we do living for Christ? You know, Dan, the other thing that's kind of interesting when it comes to social media is, you know, the Twitter. I mentioned earlier about the fake news spreading on Twitter, but the other thing that spreads is vitriol. I mean, you can fire up Twitter, and everybody's criticizing everybody. Everybody's talking bad about everybody. Uh, usually I don't say I'm included. You know, I'll post things. Um, you know, I think like the other night, I think I posted something on Twitter, something to the extent of, you know, I wonder if, if uh, Joe Biden sits in the basement and sings along to Board in the House, which was a song that uh, became popular during the, um, you know, the COVID pandemic. You know, everyone's sitting right, in the house, right. so they were bored, right? Um, but anyways, yeah. you know, 
know, so there's a lot of that going on too. So not only is it people and their response to what we post, but it's also how we respond to people that is just as significant and leading to the yeah. cause of some of these issues that we've been discussing about. And that's yeah. another reason why. So if we're reading the Bible and we're talking about how do we treat other people, you know, there's, there's racial right. uh, diversity, there's, you know, gender diversity, there's age diversity, there's looks diversity, you know, you got all this diversity going on and, 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 yeah thought diversity what are we going to do to make sure that we engage in conversation make sure that we encourage one yeah. another make sure that we address uh differences all these things yeah. how do we go about doing it and it's gotten to the point where in this day and age we just use vitriol we use anger we use hatred we use harsh words we tear down we seldom build up and yet the bible talks about exactly how we should handle those situations how we should treat other people and in the end when it really yeah. comes down to it with all the hate that's been going on uh, I remember thinking back, you know, through the, the months of May, June, July, there was a lot of hatred about mask wearing and people on this side versus that side. But when it comes down yeah. to it, and a lot of people, you know, breaking up with each other and, and blocking each other and dropping each other. But when it yeah. comes down to it, the thing that has always kind of been in the back of my mind throughout the years is that no matter what anybody does to us, no matter yeah. how anybody treats us, yeah. nobody treated us any worse than when they crucified jesus on the cross and what was his response he still loved them he said father yeah. forgive them for they know not what they do and he still yeah. died and he still rose again and he still saved us so he could have you know in his infinite power so to speak he could have come down off that cross as they were tempting him come down off that cross he could have and he could have right. you know said well i'm just going to show you and but he didn't he showed that love and mercy because he knew ultimately yeah. that was the price that had to be paid. And sometimes we need that restraint. We need to take that restraint and say, you know what? No matter what is said or done, and it hurts, or no matter what we say or do, and it hurts, we need to remember yeah. that Jesus still died on the cross, and we need to yeah. probably to adapt that behavior. You know, No matter what's being said to us, this is no worse yeah. than Jesus dying on the cross. These people saying to us, is now it's easier said than done, but it's something that's always right. kind of been in the back of my mind, driving behavior. It's like, am I really going to get, you know, yeah. so bent out of shape? And then I think, okay, Jesus, you know, was rebuked, beaten, all that, mocked, made fun of, and yet he still yeah. took and bore the punishment of the sins. And that is yeah. the biggest love. Nobody, nobody can show more love than that, except maybe, like the Bible says, lay down your life, you know, for someone else. Nobody can show greater love than that and their strength like Jesus did on the yeah. cross. And I think that's huge. And if we look at yeah. the, 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 the way the world is in social media through the prism of Jesus yeah. on the cross showing restraint, yeah. then yeah. we take our own responsibility and be like, you know what? I'm not going to give in and be like others and, and post this vitriol right. and post this and that. But instead, right. I'm going to respond in love because ultimately we're the example that Jesus Want, you know, for the example Jesus wants us to be, then maybe in that moment yeah. we're giving yeah. a little bit of a testimony and maybe that yeah. little seed gets planted and then who knows how that grows. Well, you know, Son, you are describing what the Bible makes very clear, and that is that the Christian life is not only about being saved, forgiven, redeemed, justified, and born again on the front end. It's not only about just becoming a babe in Christ, a spiritual babe, which is what a person is at the moment of their conversion, but it's also about growing into spiritual maturity. And this involves things like what you just referred to. Uh, one of the things you talked about was self-control, you know, how we, 
how we respond to people who, um, you know, maybe are, are saying things or writing things, uh, uh, you know, that are very mean uh, or untrue about us. And as you rightly point out, Son, then Christianity has a lot to say, not only about how to secure your reservation in heaven, but then how God expects us and wants us to respond to um, to those who may oppose us. You know, Jesus uh, in his ministry uh, said that uh, we are to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. And, and this is a very different message in the world. This is not an easy thing to do. But the Bible does say all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And, and so the Christian life then as it gets lived out, this is, this is why I often say, you know, that's the challenging part, Son. The easy part is to be saved. The easy part is to be forgiven. And, and the reason that we talk about that so much is because so many people sadly get that wrong because Satan has so clouded that issue with false doctrine, false religion, false ideas, you know, live by the golden rule, you'll go to heaven, be a moral person, you'll go to heaven. And so, you know, just like the Bible, uh, even in Paul's epistles, you know, he, he so often in the early chapters would just would just review the, the, the basics of the foundation, which is justification. But then he would go on to rules for holy living. Then he would go on to uh, the love that we're to have for one another. Um, and and there's nothing greater, you know, no uh, no greater love is there than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. So you're really, you know, bringing this thing full circle, son. When you when you talk about then. Um, the love that, that a Christian can display on, on social media and in other areas of our life. This is what we're called to do. We're not only called into God's family to go to paradise one day. We are also called in his family to love others because he first loved us. That's what we're here for. We're not just to, you know, um, close down shop, you know, get our bags packed and, and sit around and, and wait, you know, until the Lord brings us home to heaven. But we are to live uh, using those gifts God's given us, seeking to, you know, uh, reach others for Christ and build others up in their faith and love others. And, and this is going to, there's going to many times be friction, uh, you know, because if, if somebody has given their life to the God of, of self-esteem and, and humanism and, and um, to social media, that's, that's their obsession, um, you know, they're going to be at a much different place in their mindset, in their worldview than someone who's been born again and saved by the blood of Jesus. Uh, so there's going to be friction there. And we see this all the time, you know, in society. We see this all the time, you know, in America and in other nations of the world. You know, when, when light and darkness come together, um, you know, they, they don't know what to do with one another. And, and, and so, um, you know, we have to just remember that we are, uh, we are sinful. Uh, we're no better than anybody else. Um, but the one who is better lives inside of us. Because when we test ourselves, to see whether we're in the faith, um, we 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 are are pointing to Christ as, as our Savior, not ourselves, not not uh, you know what we're doing, but what He did. And the other than evidence and fruit of faith, son, is that we want to do the right thing. Um, we want to live for Christ. We, we we don't want to sin. You know, if a person says, "Well, you know, I'm a believer in Jesus, but you know, I, I I'm just going to live for sin." Well, those two things cannot coexist. You know, Paul made that very clear. Um, so. Um, you know, it, it, there has to be repentance. There has to be sincerity. And uh, you're, you're not actually going to find many people like that anyway, uh, who, who, you know, they might say, well, I'm a Christian, 
but um, very few people will talk about the blood of Jesus Christ covering their sin, and then in the next breath say, "Oh, I want leprosy." You know, those two things are so incompatible. You know, it's it's far more you know than even saying, "Well, I'm a Republican and I'm a Democrat at the same time." You know, those two platforms are so different. You know, how could you be both? You know, you you, you choose one or the other based on your own worldview, your own principles. And while neither one of those obviously is going to match up, you know, perfectly with uh, the Christian worldview, um, you know, we we certainly as Christians look for, uh, we we look for positions that are going to protect and support life uh, in the womb and throughout life. We're going to look for uh, positions that um, uphold God's plan uh, for, for marriage and his clear teaching on sexuality and marriage between a man and a woman. And if you get, you know, politicians or other, you know, civic groups or other corporations or whatever that start promoting things that are clearly against Scripture, then it's very easy for a Christian with Christ living on the inside of you to say, why, you know, that is so far from anything that I can personally accept. I just, you know, I cannot as a Christian um, I cannot as a Christian support the, the killing of babies. I cannot as a Christian support, um, you know, someone's view that's going to change what the Lord says about uh, creating man and woman and the holy institution of marriage, which is a picture of Christ in the church. So so in, in that sense, you know, politicians have made it pretty easy for uh, uh, many Christians um, if they have to vote one way or the other, you know, because some of those are so clearly um you know, so clearly against the gospel. Uh, but, but having said that, there is no perfect system in this world. There is no perfect political party. And ultimately for the Christian son, our hope is not found in any political candidate, any president. You know, our, our hope ultimately is in Jesus. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. And, and so whatever happens in America in the years ahead, um, you know, ultimately, son, we are seeking to make disciples for Christ. We're trying to, you know, be the best Americans we can be and, and patriotic and supportive. We're trying to love all people, regardless of their religion or political party or race or any of that. That's part of our calling as Christians. Uh, you know, we're going to vote. We're going to pray. We're going to work. We're going to speak out on issues. But, but at the same time, um, when all is said and done, you know, Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to take his children with him home to heaven. And so that's why that's on a much higher level of priority than, you know, maybe, you know, who wins a particular election or, you know, how does this issue get dealt with by the Supreme Court? I mean, those all have huge ramifications for the nation, but, but the, the, the souls of men and women are, are at stake every day. And, and that's ultimately what Jesus is, is leading us to work toward is the salvation of the soul and then, and then making disciples who will um, go out and love others the way Christ first loved them. Dan Delzell with us and talking about the uh, effects of social media, the good, the bad, the ugly. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. As always, another good conversation. And uh, we look forward to uh, more conversations like this down the road because things are definitely going to get more and more interesting as uh, time goes by. Well, it's my pleasure, Son. I really, uh, like I say, really appreciate your ministry and what you're doing with this podcast. And yes, I, I too will look forward to our, our future visits. And, and uh, you know, things seem like they're going to continue to heat up. Uh, and as they do, um, you know, we know the Bible has uh, plenty of answers that we can talk about and, and share with others. And for those of you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.